USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Mrs. Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a big plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio. It's Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Good. How about you, man? I'll be honest with you. Uh, we were worried about you since you touched Lola. Yes, I am not allowed to discuss the disciplinary action, which involved the level 13 mission. Uh, but let's just say I learned my lesson. <laughs> well, rumor also has it Civil Air Patrol as well. I am not allowed to discuss details of the level 13 mission. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, you're saying what happens on level level 13 missions will be found on YouTube. Um, I cannot discuss details of the disciplinary action, <laughs> which involves the level 13 mission. No, it, going joyriding joy in the hellabus doesn't sound so bad anymore, does it? No, it doesn't. It, it, <laughs> is it worse than level 12 with the wet noodles? Oh. I am not allowed to discuss details <laughs> of the disciplinary action, which resulted in the level 13 mission. At, at least he did. At least he hasn't said that it's a magical place. <laughs> I, I don't scared. think you'd quite believe me. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a magical place, but not for Eric. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that's why I keep my head down and just stay away from the commissary. That's pretty much it. <laughs> well, let's just say chilly night's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Is it is it going to be similar to last week's episode of Shield, dude? All I'm saying is that the scene from Blazing Saddles with the beans oh. is probably going to sound downright melodious. Oh. Okay. Oh. Uh, what do you guys say? Last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to cue this up. Some last week's episode of Shield was titled. Let me stand next to your fire, which is what we named the name last week's issue. I don't know if I want to do that in this situation. <laughs> could be quite, could be quite explosive. <laughs> well, this <laughs> this week's episode is called Lockup. So, um, 
So let's start off by breaking down the episode. Um, Captain Coulson. Well, we see, you know, while it was just a second or two in the middle of a prison break, it didn't take long for Coulson to break out his shield shield again. (laughs) I love that thing. (laughs) I keep hoping you'll just see all these types of gizmos tucked away in the hand. And I am still, still waiting for that repulsor blast in his palm. It's going to happen. It's 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 got to happen. It's got to, yeah. Um, so it was, you know, it is, now we all know Cap is Coulson's favorite Avenger, so it was fitting to see uh, some influence of the shield when putting together his holographic shield. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the. It's very, uh, very reminiscent of uh, yeah. the uh, holographic, holographic shield that Cap had in, was it season two of Avengers Assemble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, here's one. I don't think that's accidental. No. <laughs> no. Director Mace, the under-the-table dealmaker. No. Now, we could talk about part one. When Agent Simmons found out about Fitz and Radcliffe's LMD, Life Model Decoy, they've been working on, it seemed as if it would have been... Um, a disastrous consequence for the former as she was required to take a periodic lie detector test mm-hmm. as part of you know, Director Mesa's A Team That Trusts initiative. Well, when she's taking the test, it appears that it starts telling that the test proctor that she's lying. Just then, Director Mace barges in and pulls Jenna out and says he needs help. He's 15 minutes out from debating and human-hating Senator Nader on live TV, which happened to be ABC this week. Yep, I love that. So, not like NCIS or JAG, where it was ZNN, uh, they actually utilized ABC for this. Well, considering the fact that it's on ABC, number one, this is just kind of a little meta there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm, su- I'm surprised that they, they actually got George Stephanopoulos to be George Stephanopoulos on there, you know? It was well, cool. who else is better equipped to play George Stephanopoulos? Well, with, That's with, true. With, with the way politics are or have been this year, uh, I'm sure he enjoyed the vacation. Yeah, yeah that is true. Um, so after the debate, one, which, in one, one in which Mace claims he's been a hero overseas is over, Mace confronts Simmons about the test results. Uh, she essentially has an, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back moment when she hints that Mace might not have accomplished uh, some of the heroic feats that he spoke about in the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying that he's having a Brian Williams moment? Could be. Could be. Now, let's, let's go a little further. Here's part two of Director Mace. Uh, since we found out the new director was indeed Jeffrey Mace, it was a matter of time before we found out more about the Patriot, his superhero ego. Um, Mace goes off script and turns off the airpiece, though, uh, through which Simmons was following facts and statistics to him. And then he stares for the first, then he shares for the first time publicly, much to Senator Nader's dismay that he went under, he underwent terrogenesis. And is yes. in fact an inhuman. 
after after the debate, we've come to find out that Mace's one call him Mace Window for some reason that yeah. Mace that Mace approve Mace's approval ratings are skyrocketing. True, but well, I mean, how it long? Makes sense. I mean, it's it's almost like this is the this is the on show equivalent of coming out. Yeah. Now, and so you, you think about it when uh, when Michael Sam came out before the draft, he got a lot of attention. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, he didn't. He really didn't. It didn't pan out for him. We'll just put it that way. Right. Yep. And so you could you could argue whether or not his coming out before the draft was a good thing or a bad thing. We'll probably never know. Right. But I think about the publicity he got from doing that. Basically, you just had Jeff Mace did the exact same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you did. Yeah. Here, here's where it's under the table deal maker part. Do do do. However you want to call it. Do. Yeah. Why? Deux. Knee. At the at the end of the episode, we see Mace and the senator meeting up in the back of a black vehicle. The one it, he just debated. Yes. Yep. And it's the one there. The human and the inhuman hater. Yep. It, it is there where the senator shows Mace footage from uh, the jailbreak that occurs earlier in the show. In which Colson, May, and Mac are all working with Daisy and Robbie Reese. Reyes. Reyes. Okay. Yep. So, in the footage, it shows Reyes turning into Ghost Rider and murdering the last remaining person of a street gang who is responsible for turning Robbie's younger brother into a paraplegic. It is an obvious blackmail attempt. And the senator threatens to release the footage to the public and reveal that Shield is working for a fugitive with a fugitive, inhuman, and supernatural being, wanting to make sure his approval rating keeps going up, up, up. Director Mace then asks what she wants in return for keeping the footage secret. Two dollars. Wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cash from. For, the, the the two times we see uh, Dace or Mace make deals, uh, he he's certainly willing to bend on his principles. So, um, what do you think Mace and Nader will be doing to keep the footage quiet? Uh, only time will tell. And could it be something to do with uh, the senator's brother that we saw? In the last episode, or two episodes ago. Yeah. Well, you know what? I wonder, because apparently she also has ties to the Watchdogs as well. I wouldn't you be know. surprised if she created the Watchdogs to help her cause. That is true. Now, if you remember, in the comics, the Watchdogs were created by the Red Skull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was back in the phase where he decided he wasn't going to live from one grand scheme to the next. This this was during, I believe, the uh, during the John Walker as Captain America. It, it was about that time, right? Yeah. Where he created uh, the Skull had so many different side ventures going at the same time. It's like he had uh, the Scourge of the Underworld mm-hmm. that I think was he had that set up to where he could like eliminate those who might be a threat to his power base. You had the Watchdogs, which is pretty much doing the vigilante 
anti-super thing. You had the power broker who could grant super abilities to individuals and basically provide him with super-powered henchmen. That's true. Uh, I'm trying. Those weren't the only three. I I know that for sure, but I can't remember the others. Didn't he have? uh, uh, What was the group? Ultimatum. Yes, he had Ultimatum. The Resistance, which were basically rogue mutants mm-hmm. who were opposing the Watchdogs and basically just keeping the the mentality out there, presenting the image that uh, that they were a bunch of rogue rogue supers, right? Trying to keep tensions high and presenting themselves as the bad guys. Now, who's the, what about the organization that was uh, basically that made? Well, the the organization that amped up uh, John Walker. That was the power broker, I think. But didn't he have like a – there were like a group of senators that were around them that basically it was the group that was kind of basically trying to tell Steve Rogers what to do. And Steve was like, screw oh. this, I'm over. And then – it wasn't the wasn't skull behind that group as well because he was he was trying to uh, he, he was posing as a he was supposed basically this is when he had Steve Rogers's face yes where he was his body was a clone of Steve Rogers right yeah 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 and Arnim Zola basically cloned Cap and stuck the skull's mind in it. And he was—he had some kind of position on Capitol Hill. I don't no, think he was, I, I, he was a he was no, he wasn't. He was a businessman. That's right. Yes, okay, he was a businessman. Yeah. But he pretty much had one of his minions or henchmen or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Somebody—it was like the the—it was a commission. The commission. It was a, it was the commission. I can't remember the full title of it. Right. But it was the one that pretty much. It, it, it was Steve Rogers' group of superiors. Right, yes. A lot of this has a very realistic feel to it. And, and the, the weird thing is this book was written 30 years ago. That's what's scary. The one where Steve Rogers fights John Walker mm-hmm. and beats him, and he yes. gets the, he becomes Cap again. Right. It was issue number 350, I think. You know, and I, I have that one upstairs in my collection. I, I that that Actually, that run is what turned me on to Cap. Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That run Let's did see. it. Yes. And that came out in February 1989. And incidentally, that had a lot of filler articles in it. Like mm-hmm. you had uh, Cap's partners and, you know, like with Bucky and D Man and all that. Yeah. Uh, the, the women in Captain America's life. And it also had one that all the previous Captain America. Yes. 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 Where Jeff Mace is mentioned, clearly. That's right. Yep. Oh man! Well, that wow! That man, you you really took me back because it's amazing how you see the influence now from that story from those stories then. Yeah, if you really sit back and think about it. Yeah, because I, I I forgot that the Watchdogs were created back then. Because mm-hmm. I and, and, yeah, oh man, you're right. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we jump forward and talk about okay. Netflix a little bit. Oh, let's right. do that. Uh, you know what? Uh, we have a director. That's right. The Defenders has a director. Uh, S.J. Clarkson uh, will be bringing together Matt, Jessica, Luke, and Danny in 2017's eight-episode limited series, The Defenders. 
Uh, actually, S.J. Clarkson is going to direct the first two episodes specifically. Um, and and uh, for the people who have been living under a rock, Marvel's The Defenders follows Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. A quartet of singular heroes with one common goal to save New York City. So now that we're all up to speed... Uh, Clarkson is uh, has some experience uh, in the superhero realm. Uh, uh, Clarkson has developed uh, has directed rather episodes of Heroes and Jessica Jones. Uh, she's also has gotten cre- uh, some credits with uh, Dexter, Orange Is the New Black, and Across the Pond, Whitechapel, and EastEnders. Okay. And uh, Jeff Loeb uh, is quoted as saying, SJ's take on the material is outstanding. Uh, we loved her work on Marvel's Jessica Jones and couldn't think of a more talented and accomplished person to helm the first two episodes of Marvel's The Defenders. Okay, so now The the Defenders is actually produced by Marco Ramirez, Doug Petrie, Andrew Goddard, Jeff, uh, Jeff Loeb, and Jim Chori. And uh, the Defenders will star Charlie Cox as Daredevil, Christian Ritter as Jessica Jones, Mike Coulter as Luke Cage, and Finn Jones as Iron Fist, with Sigourney Weaver, Weaver playing an undisclosed villain, which we've been bouncing around who that could be. Hopefully we'll hear something about that soon. And on a related we note, we, we can hope. Uh, and now, and I, if, if, we're, if we're proven right... Based on what we've been kicking around, I will just be so tired of being right all the time. Just, just put us say. on the payroll. It, 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 it comes it, with the territory of being a freaking genius, you know. <laughs> and we, I see, we have. I love that we have a freaking genius. <laughs> exactly. We're all freaking geniuses from time to time. That is true. We, we, we have a we have a freaking genius. Someone who thinks they're MacGyver, and someone yeah. who drops the mic. <laughs> Hence, that's how you make an intrepid trio. <laughs> really, they should make a drink out of us. Just saying. <laughs> but uh, staying in the Defenders world, Elodie Young may be appearing in the Defenders. Uh, Elodie Young was in the second series of Daredevil as Elektra, which uh, we last we saw Elektra... She had left this world, so to speak. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what that would mean for what that's going to mean for Matt, <laughs> you know. So and 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 actually, uh, what it's going to mean for the rest of the defenders too. Although three of them will have no idea that she's dead. <laughs> so and maybe after seeing Matt's response, then you know. Could it mean Nagin's coming? Oh, sorry, wrong company. Wrong, wrong one. Wrong one. The, it, uh, it, swing and a miss. Oh, see, that's not just it. a bit outside. <laughs> Dude, are are you happy now? I don't know. I got, I got to keep my eye on the bat. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I'm crushed. I can't so believe I said that. So are the heads. Oh. Oh, but oh, uh, see here I again, am making major league comments, and y'all go straight to <laughs> dead. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, anyway, I mean, you got the you got the Indians in the World Series. How can you not make? Well, see, they were trying. They were trying to get uh, 
Charlie Sheen. Uh, Charlie yeah. Sheen to and, and for some reason people said no. Well, I think I, the powers that be said no, but the, the, this is Major League versus Disney's Rookie of the Year. God, you're right. Oh man. Wow. So Wait, what, we got we got to get somebody on base so we just go pitcher's got a big butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, see see this, this is why I this is why I go on joy rides and I got to go and, I don't know add another cup holder to the uh Ella bus. Anyway, how many cup holders yes. do we have? <laughs> Four right now. Is this going to be like Disney with a trash can every 30 feet? There's going to be a cup holder every 30 inches? Well, you never know. You might be. Don't give him an idea. (laughs) Okay, well, then we got gun ports and a missile launcher. I just got to figure out how to fit it all in there. (laughs) You're not MacGyver. I know I'm not. Just make sure you get the cup holders in a different place than the missile launchers. I think that'd be a wise move. Yes. Of course, you know, you probably could combine the two. Ooh. No, because knowing... Crap, now I'm giving him ideas. (laughs) Knowing our luck, he's going to weld the cup holder to the missile, and there goes our Uh, drinks. (laughs) Well, it makes going for Starbucks more interesting. (laughs) I I was going to drink that latte. Sorry. (laughs) Not anymore, you're not. Well, you know what would be interesting? What? Damage control. Damage control, yes. You know what? Thanks to a little update courtesy of MCUExchange.com, we have a handy-dandy single-page reference of what damage control and all of the other Marvel shows that are supposed that are in production or rumored to be in production damage control is one of them uh it is under a put pilot con uh not contract but commitment put pilot commitment uh with showrunner ben carlin who uh he if you've heard that name before it's because he's done uh He's been an executive producer on The Daily Show and The Colbert Report. Uh, also did a stint on Modern Family. So it's being, according to rumors, it's being set up as a 30-minute comedy and taking a a more lighthearted look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think is, is kind of needed. And what Damage Control is, if you've never heard of it before, basically it's kind of like... Uh, Service Pro, you know, where the, you yeah. know you've got the company that comes in and cleans up a crime scene or a disaster area. Well, this is pretty much the same thing. They come in where superheroes have been duking it out and saving the city, but causing a lot of collateral damage. They come in and, and fix it. Mm, yeah. So that has got potential. You know, you keep hearing about damage control from time to time in the comics, and they even ha- it even had its own limited series back in the day. Um, now you've also got an untitled comedy series coming out in ABC. Uh, we have absolutely no information other than ABC Studios head Paul Lee uh, confirming that it is in development or at least it was in development back in January. You also have a uh, project with John Ridley as the showrunner. It is still in development, so we don't know very much about it. Can I hope for a Rocket and Groot series? I would just love that. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. But I don't see it happening. I don't either. Because they're MCU, not quote-unquote MCTU. Yeah, 
Uh, of course, we've got The Defenders on Netflix that's coming out. Uh, showrunners Douglas Petrie and Marco Ramirez. And like you said, they do have a, a director now. Punisher uh, also coming out to Netflix. Uh, let's see. Ordered to series currently filming in New York. Showrunner Steve Lightfoot. You've got the Cloak and Dagger series coming to Freeform. Yeah. Um, you've got a Runaways project in development for Hulu. Pilot ordered at Hulu with a series order believed to follow. Uh, a new Warriors show that's supposedly in development. Not much is known about that. But of course, unfortunately, Marvel's Most Wanted, which at, at first I was not really too too keen on, but the more we heard about it being in production, the more I was warming up to it. Mm-hmm. And of course, and it's gone. Of course. Yeah. You kind of hope that at some point they revisit that. Because I, the more I think about it, the more I think that's not a bad premise. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. And unfortunately, Agent Carter gone, taken from us way too soon. Yep. And of course, there is a. There are two separate X Men centered television shows that are that Marvel is working with Fox to develop. But uh, yeah, it, that's going to be interesting. And of course, I. How can I forget Iron Fist? We know that's coming. Season 3 of Daredevil, we know it's coming, but we don't know when. Season 2 of Jessica Jones, we know that it's in progress. Just don't know when. We we don't know when. We know it's going to have all-female directors, which I thought was not a bad touch. Oh, that's very cool. But uh, there you have it. That's pretty much the lowdown on what's in production, at least TV-wise, TV and Netflix-wise. That's cool. Cool. So, what does this mean with TV and the film? And well, actually, uh, Kevin Feige uh, he he did comment, so to speak, on the relationship with Fox filming dates and uh, Marvel's relationship, rather, with Fox filming dates and the uh, Infinity War. Um, uh, especially this with the, with this in light of Doctor Strange coming out in a week now. Um, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of plans out there. Uh, Feige has opened up about, uh, rumored talks with Fox, uh, with Coulson and the future of Coulson and the Avengers and the possibility of new characters for the Avengers and the Infinity Word. So there's been a lot of hinting and rumor and rumors going around. Uh, and so it looks like what, what we're starting to see is well, he's well, he's he, you know he's talking he he's talking a lot about how looking at Spider-Man: Homecoming, which is a Fox and no, no that's it's a Fox, Sony that's film. That's Sony. So and which and really, when you think about it, Sony started off that whole thing with Sony started off as a rumor. You remember it was a it was a rumor, and there was like, well, maybe Sp- they're they're talking about Spider Man showing up in in the next Captain America movie, and we're like, yeah. But then next thing you know, it was almost like within a week, Spidey's gonna have a cameo in Civil War. Yeah, you know. And and but then like uh, no we we we've been hearing rumors about Fox especially after um, Deadpool and seeing a helicarrier now true that version of helicarrier was not the same version that you see in the MCU but helicarriers don't exist in 
the X world, not cinematically anyway. So, so now what we're so it looks like things are really starting to ramp up because especially with that what took place in Civil War, we are starting to move towards Infinity War uh, and Black Panther. And so he's he's talking about how as far as the actual filming dates for the next Avengers movies and without being really specific he's saying that cameras are going to start rolling in January and that another film with something else will begin filming in October or November but it's, it's so like you know in this case he's still being very vague Right. about what's going on uh and so then uh and th- this is an interview with collider uh collider's asking even just out asking will we see any new characters in avengers infinity war or is is it enough just to bring together the mcu characters into movies feige's answer is it is primarily enough to just to bring together all those characters in movies but there will be some new players right so i and we really don't know what that means considering they've already said that captain marvel is getting her own movie so we're 99 percent sure that she isn't going to be introduced in infinity war but yet there have been rumors that we may see somebody from the television universe showing up on the big screen does this mean that maybe we're going to still see the inhumans now Possibly. Well, it, it, it's funny how we, we're talking about the big screen. Um, I'm on a, a Marvel page on Facebook, and there mm-hmm. was a debate that or this, the the original poster posted up that he was getting fr- or they were getting frustrated that people were thinking Deadpool is a Marvel Disney Marvel movie. Well, because of the quality of it. I mean, it, it is so a. And it is so above and beyond the other fo- the other uh, Fox stuff. I, I'm re- really look look at Deadpool and look at Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, so to go in, and this one guy makes the argument. Well, no, it's a Marvel owned character. It's a Marvel movie. No. So let's let's set the record straight. Movies Marvel does not have the license to Marvel Studios because the TV show is Marvel Entertainment. There is a separation. So Marvel Studios, the films they do not have the license to X-Men. And that includes Deadpool. That includes Wolverine. That includes the upcoming X-Factor or New Mutants, whatever they're going to go to next. And Fantastic Four. That sound right? Am I missing yep. anything from Fox? Wait, did you uh, did you say Silver Surfer? That's Fantastic Four property. That's Fantastic. Yeah, that's Four, Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah, okay, yeah. Now, the Hulk solo films is controlled by Universal, but the character is allowed to be in the team films or in the or guest star in any of the others. There's the loophole. Why he can be in Ragnarok. Correct. Mm-hmm. There's the loophole. It's just if Marvel Studios wants to do a individual Hulk film, they can't. It's Universal. Sony has the license to Spider-Man, but they, as we said earlier, they just worked out a deal not too long ago where Marvel's going to write the movies, direct the movies, produce the movies, everything else on Sony's, but it's going to be funded by Sony. It's going to be released by Sony. 
and the and the profit sharing is going to stay the same as it is. And that's Disney slash Marvel Studios getting five to fifteen percent per film, just like they do with all the others. So on. So that's the story. Makes sense. Perfect sense. Any confusion? No, but no. I was pretty clear on it to begin with. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it, that's one thing. Like, how many of us have this have this discussion with with other people? They said, "Well, it says Marvel," and then you're like, "Okay, sit down. Let me let me explain something to you." Well, it, it's yeah. just like Eric Banner Hulk is not part of the MCU. No, it's not. Ed Norton's The Incredible Hulk is right. So, um. Oh, there is one thing I do. I, I just want to throw out there uh, regarding the future of Steve Rogers. Okay, Feige did say this. Question came up: Does a Captain America movie have to have Steve have to star Steve Rogers? Feige said this. It's a good question, and if we if we look back at the comic books as our inspiration, and as well from which this all springs, then the answer is no. I agree, and he's right. He's right, Steve. I mean, I the fact that Steve dropped that shield. I don't think that we're going to see Steve Rogers as Captain America anymore. We 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 may see him as Super Soldier or something else. I don't think we're going to see him as Captain America. I think eventually you will, because think about this. It, it, as To use his own words, going back to the comics for inspiration, there have been several men who have played the role of Captain America. And if you True. want to count 2099, you know, a woman as well. Mm-hmm. But every time someone else takes on the mantle of Captain America, it eventually always comes back to Rogers. That's true. Yeah. And that's just – it's like you saw with Iron Man. You saw Rhodey become Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Well, Tony Stark took that back eventually. Mm-hmm. You've got Riri Williams taking over not as Iron, Heart, as Iron Man but actual Iron Heart. Eventually – uh, Tony Stark is going to come back and be Iron Man. Yes. Yeah. Now, hopefully, we will still have Ironheart around because I think it's I think it's an interesting character concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, you're you're going to see Rogers back eventually. Now, it might be at the end of the second movie the end of the second Avengers movie when he does. But I think the next time you see someone as Captain America, it won't be Rogers. Right. No. But see, now here's the thing. It won't be Bucky. And based on the current state of affairs, it can't be Sam either. Um, I think it's, I think it could be Sam. It could be. But isn't he in jail? No, he no. got busted out, remember? Oh, that's right. No, I, t- I tell you who I think is going to be the next Captain America. I think it's going to be Jeff Mace. You know what? I think I that would be so awesome. Oh, that would be a great bridge from the television to the MCU. I, I'm, just, I'm just thinking that's got to be the case. Why else would you bring him in? Right. That's true. And... He is going to be. He, they said he Coulson wanted to have a, a superhuman who could who the public could trust and get behind. Hence, yeah. why his approval ratings. Yes. So, no, I'm I'm calling it. I've called it before. You're going to see Jeff Mace with the shield. 
Yeah. I, I do that. You know what? You've you've called it. You you've called it many times, and you've been right. It, it's uh, the I, it's the curse of this show. I mean, because really, I mean, I can't see it. There's nobody. There's no one in the MCU right now outside of outside of Sam. There's no one in the MCU that that could pick up the shield and be Cap. And really, Sam is a fugitive, so he really can't. Because well, Tony has the shield right now. Yeah. The only person that I could logically see doing it is, like Eric said, is is Mace. Yeah. Hmm. And that's the the only other potential option would be Coulson. That's true. And they, you know that image of him with the shield, it looks I don't know, dude, that's possible. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So one way or another, we're probably gonna see someone from the television universe pop back over to the MCU. Yeah. Good. And it needs to happen. It does. It, it, you know, one, that's how you put over um, Marvel over DC, which right now isn't that much of a stretch. So, But the question is, next week, there, there's something strange coming to the theaters. Mm-hmm. And, and what do we have to work look forward to? Hmm. What could it be? I mean, hmm. I don't know. I keep hearing something about some movie. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I I think Eric might have a handle of what strange things we could look forward to. Strange things? You know, I'm not a doctor, but I've played one on TV. (laughs) Actually, that's not entirely true. I've played one on the radio. All right. um, Again, another article from MCUExchange.com. They have a top ten feature, top ten things to look forward to in Doctor Strange, which, of course, comes out on the 4th. You know, is it just me or has this just not flown by? It's flown. Because when we first heard Doctor Strange is coming out and Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be cast as as Strange, November 4th seemed a long ways off. Yes, it it did. did. And now, boom, it's here. Boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite. Okay, the number one thing they say to look forward to would be Scott Derrickson, the director. Uh, up until now, he's worked mainly on horror films. Yeah, it's got some great horror films too. Yeah, so you know, but we've got uh, cri- we've got uh, critical reviews coming in, and you know, by and large, they're pretty positive on him. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see where his career goes from there. If he sticks to horror, or if he goes more more outside the horror genre. And number two, this should come as no surprise to anybody: the visuals. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, can we can we all agree that this this is going to have some serious next level eye candy to it? Oh, it's going to be. Awesome. Oh man, dude! <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, along with maybe some vertigo inducing visuals, mm-hmm. maybe. But yeah, yeah, it, it's it's had like an Inception vibe to it, and I think that's good. But it's going to be interesting in the fact that this is the first real take on magic that they've that they've done in yeah. the cinematic universe. Yes. Uh, unless you you want to count Robbie Reyes, maybe I don't know. Uh, and, and see, that's we just now getting into what makes him what he is. Yeah. Uh, number three, multiple dimensions, and they they throw it out there. Your know, Ant Man sending a setting a kind of a precedent. Does he talk about like the little microverse thing? Right. Um, well, we almost kind of see it too with Thor. Yeah. With the different planes. Yeah. So that's. This is just going to take it to a whole new level. 
but yeah. of course, you know, if you've if you've read any Doctor Strange, you kind of know that. Yes. Um, number four, they say a new beginning, and they cite you know Captain America: Civil War. That's a hard act to follow. Yeah, I, I think we can all agree on that. Whether you yeah. liked the movie, didn't like the movie, the thing is, it made a boatload of money and was pretty much one of the most watched movies of the of the last couple of years. Yeah, well, I honestly think it's going to be um, similar to Iron Man, the first Iron Man film, on yeah. being groundbreaking. Probably so, and really, I think it's it's good on the studio's part because you're not continuing a story that you've seen in Civil War. Right. You're starting with a new character. It's kind of like let's sit back and digest what has happened to all these other people. Yeah, where you're giving it a break. Yeah, yeah. You you want the you you, you want to let the Bucky Steve bromance kind of simmer. Right. Yeah. The the falling out between Tony and Steve, just all this other stuff that's there. Right. You're gonna you got Doctor Strange coming up. You're gonna have Thor coming back. You're gonna have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, but those are all continuations of existing character stories. This you're starting off at the ground floor here. But make no mistake, this is going to be connected to the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. And that's that's their number five. Uh, in the comics, Str- Doctor Strange is, is a member of the Avengers. He is one of the most powerful individuals in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And so I think he's going to have a major role in this Infinity War, especially if his Eye of Agamotto is an Infinity Stone. Yeah. Well, there's I some would- question about that. If this is any hint, this week Marvel Future Fight uh, had a huge update. Yeah, featuring Doctor Strange it's, uh, and uh, Epic Missions. Yeah, involving and it. Yeah. The interesting thing is Doctor Strange is facing off against Thanos. Thanos, mm. which is not the first time that it's happened. No. Now there are rumors of Tony Stark being in Doctor Strange, like doing a quick cameo as as he is wont to do, and also just just other little little details that that we keep hearing rumors about, like uh, the the address of Doctor Strange Sanctum Sanctorum popping up on the set of Thor Ragnarok. That would be cool. That would be cool. Uh, number six on their list, Wong, which you remember in the co- in the comics, he was kind of like Jarvis. Yeah. He was pretty much an Asian Jarvis. Yeah, he was a martial arts master, but he was the servant and bodyguard. They're kind of tweaking that for the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe version. Uh, he is a practitioner. He is a he is a mage, and uh, it says he's even going to serve as a drill instructor. That would be interesting. That sure. would be kind of like, more like less Alfred Pennyworth, more Arlie Ermey. Yes. I... I don't know how I feel about that right now, but it, it, it's it's intriguing. And plus, Benedict Wong, the guy who plays Wong, is Wong. <laughs> he uh, he he confirmed that he is going to be in Infinity War. Well, you can't go Wong with that. No, you can't. <laughs> uh, number seven, and this really is is the one sticking point for me. Starting, you know, that it's been this way for a while. The Ancient One, right? Tilda Swinton, I I don't want to take anything away from her as an actress. She has done some great work, and I'm sure the character could be a good one. Mm -hmm. I really just think that they missed the boat on this. 
Okay. Because because you have a character who is a t- essentially a Tibetan monk. You didn't cast her as an Asian. Now you don't have to cast you don't have to cast the ancient one as a guy mm-hmm. because the, it's it's the title. Right. I'll give him credit for flipping it to a to a woman. That's good. But and I've said this on the show before. Keep it Asian. Keep it was- keep her Asian. It, you you had the opportunity to cast more, a more diverse cast. Right. But if she does a gr- if she does a good job bringing the ancient one to life or this this Welsh druid type ancient one, you know I might can overlook that. Just okay. accept it for what it is. Right. Um, it's it's possible it could work. Uh, number eight on their list, Cassilius. This is a very minor character. I mean, he's only been he's only been in the comics a few times, so it's not like they got to tweak a lot of history to get this guy in. Right. And it's and it's kind of like what uh, the uh, oh God, the Nolan version of uh, of Batman when they didn't bring in their the most popular bad guy to start off with. Right. They're doing it here because you're introducing the characters. Don't waste your A-list villain on an origin movie. Right. Now, they did it with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I kind of see that. That was almost a different scenario, though. Yeah. But uh, Mads Mikkelsen, I, I like his stuff. Mm-hmm. And this, it's almost like he's playing with a blank slate. Right. I mean, there there are no uh, there there are no preconceived notions as to how this guy's going to be, how he should be. I mean, it's not like like you know Hiddleston playing Loki. That, yeah. That's a lot of pressure. Yes. Because you know who he, you know Loki, you know what he's about, and so you've got to capture that character. Mickelson is almost like he's free to put his own stamp on it. it it's like I said, it's a blank slate. And I think he's got potential. If, if he plays it right, this he won't be a Loki. Okay, no, that, no. But that's mainly no, because no, no. nobody is a Loki no. except right. Loki. But, uh, their number nine, though, I am really looking forward to this guy. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yes. Yeah. Baron Mordo. Baron Mordo. I like what they're doing with him, making him like an ally in this. Mm-hmm. So when he eventually turns evil. Which he will. He's going, which he will. It's going to feel more personal. Yes. It's going to, you're going to feel it more. Because you know, it's like, what's happened to you, Carl? What's what made you choose the path of the dark side? Cookies. <laughs> and plus, I mean, Chuatel can just kick butt no matter what he's playing. True. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially, of course, this is not a a Marvel franchise, but Serenity slash Firefly. Yes. When he yeah. played the operative, it's kind of like, oh, I just there were chills. He was, he, and you know, the thing was as. He wasn't really even evil. Like he, he had a job to do, and you, it was so hard to understand. I was like, okay, I understand why you're doing what you're doing, but I can't support you in it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, he believed he was a good man doing bad things for the greater good. Yes, yes. And like Shepherd Book said, he believed hard. He was. Firm in his belief, he he was it, it was it was it was religion to him. It really mm-hmm. was. And you notice he wasn't defeated by you know just kicking his butt. wasn't defeated by killing him. He was defeated by breaking his faith. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the number ten reason 
and this should come as no surprise to anybody, their number 10 reason is Benedict Cumberbatch. Who? I think he played a detective on some British show. Ah, uh, some like that. Yeah. Oh, so in other Sherwood words... Sherwood or... So, or, so you're saying this Cumberbatch guy, he, he con act. Yeah, he might con. Uh, <laughs> smooth move, Sherlock. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Cumberbatch, this is one thing that Mar- that Marvel Studios has done time and time again and nailed it on the head. Wonderful casting decisions. Yeah, yeah. Really, can you think of anybody else who would be suitable for the role of Doctor Strange. Um, what's his name from Dark from uh, Dark Knight Rises? Christian Bale? No, Gordon Lovett. Oh. You know what? I I could totally see him as Doctor, Doctor Strange. You know, it would have been a totally different feel, though. Yeah. Yeah. You might could even see Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, maybe. He has, he has Doctor Strange-ish moments yeah. when mm-hmm. he's playing Obi-Wan. Yeah. But no, I, Cumberbatch is just... I mean, he, he's won Emmys, been nominated for Oscars, Golden Globes. I mean, the, the guy knows his stuff. Yes. And we've, seen, and we've seen pictures taken during filming in New York where he, he goes walking around. He, he went to a comic book store in costume. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this... This just tells me that this guy, he gets the role, he gets the importance of who he's playing, and he he gets what it is to play a Marvel superhero. Right. Yes. Well, speaking of superheroes, uh, it's almost Halloween. Let's talk about a villainous real quick. Um, Sideshow. Have y'all seen the pictures of this? Their new yes. black cat is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say she's the cat's meow? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Sideshow released pictures today, or has unveiled um, at the time of recording, uh, which is Friday the 29th, um, their black cat premium format figure, figure that features her in her black leather outfit equipped with a bag of what could only be assumed of jewelry or other stuff that she has burgled. Um, the, the scene looks awesome. Uh, unfortunately, typical sideshow cost. It is $499.99. Yeah. It, it, That's why I probably won't be getting any of these. It's crafted out poly resin and poised at an elegant 22 inches tall. Uh, figure stands on top of an exploding base that is ready to be paired with the web slinger and all his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're, we're not talking the Hasbro figures that you get in the store. This is a this is a statuette uh, or premium format figure. You cannot move the arms or legs; they are fixed. It is a cast mold, um, but it, it's a gorgeous piece. And these do tend to go up in volume or in in value in volume. So, um, so on that note, how about a little? A little new comic book day picks of the week, and uh, comic book shop comes courtesy of the Shazbots. So, um, 
Eric, why don't you go first, since Kylan has the unlimited pick. Kylan does have the unlimited pick, doesn't he? I do. Okay. Well, my first pick of the week, my number one pick, is a number one, Spirits of Vengeance number one, written by Felipe Smith, penciled by Trad Moore and Danilo Beiruth. Robbie Reyes is back. It's Hell on Wheels as the Spirit of Vengeance makes his roaring return. A mysterious object from space crash lands in Southern California, drawing some of the brightest minds in the Marvel Universe to Ghost Rider's backyard, including Amadeus Cho, the totally awesome Hulk. What mayhem will be unleashed as the high-octane hothead comes face-to-face with the Jade Genius? And with Robbie still possessed by the ghost of his evil uncle Eli, who's really in the driver's seat? Then meet the newest speed trap in Ghost Rider's life as his original creators Felipe Smith and Trad Moore reunite for a special backup story and the debut of an all-new villain. Strap in and start your engines, true believer. This one's gonna be a scorcher. Sounds hot. I think I think the intern earned their pay today of this one. They they were hot with, with that. Oh, there you go. See, I I just picture you know him turning it in, hoping that he's going to get a plus plus plus. Oh, there you plus, go. Plus plus plus. This was one for the resume. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to go with the number one for my number one. And this is one that might be bringing me back to this is one that might be bringing me back to this title because of Mark Wade, who is writing this. It's Avengers number one. The time has come. Their ranks shattered by civil war. Their spirits weighted down by a toll booth person. Weighted down by a toll birth. Toll booth. Okay. Let me start over on this phrase. Their spirits weighed down by a toll, both personal and spiritual. Why I kept wanting to say Booth, I don't know. Earth's mightiest heroes must find the resolve to stand united one final time against their greatest foe. Captain America, Thor, the Vision, the Wasp, Spider-Man, Hercules. When the dust settles, not one of these valiant heroes will make it to the final page alive. This is King War 1. And I love how... Okay, yes, it's still Jane Foster, Thor, um, still Sam Wilson, but you know, bringing in Wasp, bringing in Vision. Um, it's I don't know. There's something about this team that I'm okay with. Um, not to knock the all new, all different Avengers. Um, this, these are characters I, I could I could probably accept in storyline wise. Plus, we know how Mark Wade writes. I mean, Princess yeah. Leia. Five issue was great. His, his Hulk stuff's been great. It's yeah, it's Mark Wade. Um, I, I'm excited about this. Well, there you go. So, Kylan, your number one or your first pick? Uh, I am going because I got the, I missed this last week. Uh, Star Wars Poe Dameron number eight. Uh, the writer is Charles Soule. The penciler is Phil Noto, and the cover artist is Phil Noto. New story arc starts here. Agent Terex has sworn vengeance against Poe Dameron. But how does he always seem to know what Black Squadron is doing? Could there truly be a traitor in their midst? They have cookies. I don't trust the cookies from them. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's move on to second picks. Okay, my second pick of the week is also a number one. It is the Unworthy Thor number one, written by Jason Aaron. 
gee, okay. somebody ought to let this guy write some Thor stuff. It'd be really great. What he really needs to do is is make Thor a woman. That would yeah. really be edgy, wouldn't it? Oh, wait, sorry. Never mind. Happened. <laughs> Been there, done that. But we are going back to the original Thor, the real Thor. The Odinson's desperate search to regain his worthiness has taken him out into the cosmos where he's learned of the existence of a mysterious other Mjolnir. This weapon of unimaginable power, a relic from a dead universe, and by the way, it looks to be the one from the Ultimates universe, is the key to Odinson's redemption. But some of the greatest villains of the Marvel Universe are now anxious to get their hands on it as well. Can the Odinson reclaim his honor, or will the power of thunder be wielded for evil? The quest for the hammer begins here. As long as he's not drinking. He'd be, <laughs> okay. too, ha- he'd be too hammered for the hammer. Oh, there you go. Oh, my goodness. Uh, unless he's drinking rusty nails. Ah. Well. Uh, I don't don't you have a number two to set to pick? I do, <laughs> and it's it's written by it's written by Robbie Thompson. And it's Spidey number twelve, the sinister sinister six strike. For several months, Doctor Octopus and the six have been planning and waiting to take down Spidey, but do they have it, or do they have to do it on Peter Parker's best week ever? It's all been leading to this. Can a lone Spidey defeat all six of his most powerful foes? I guess we're just going to have to read it to find out. We are. So, Kylan, your second pick. My second pick is a number two. Cage, number two. Uh, The writer is Genity Turk. Let's say the writer, the penciler, and the cover artist are all Genity Tatakovsky. Got it. (laughs) I have to say, I was like, I, I got it. I'm happy. Trapped in the jungle, a thousand miles from home, hunted by savage beasts that walk like men. Luke's got just one thing going for him. Ain't no cage that can hold cage. Okay. Nice. So, final picks of the week. My final pick of the week. It's not a number one. I broke with the tradition for the last pick of the week. It is a number two. Enchanted Tiki Room number two, written by Jonathan Adams, penciled by Horatio Dominguez, with Brian Kessinger doing the cover. Time to sing like the birdies sing in the Tiki Tiki Room. Or if you can't sing, you can probably bicker like the birdies bicker. When Jose causes a rift in the Tiki Room's house band, the macaws call on some unlikely guest artists to keep the show alive. The tension builds as ego clashes, unrequited love, and the misunderstandings are set off a chain of events that threaten the future of the Tiki Room. Meanwhile, a new mystery visitor makes her first move, and Alfred is finally free to tell Agnes who's been eating her shoes all these years. Spoiler, he did. Okay question is am i gonna find this in time probably probably not we'll do it in post editing we could do that (laughs) that's Uh, the magic no the magic is want to just throw it in afterwards Uh, as soon as I find it. But I'm going to do that after I read you the write-up for Ryan Norse, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 14. Squirrel Girl and Ant-Man is the team-up you you probably never thought you would see. Although, if you thought about it for a bit, you probably would have to expect it at some point, since they both hang out with tiny animals and both superheroes. Honestly, I'm a little surprised that hasn't happened sooner. Anyway, besides squirrels, adorable, and ants, so tiny, so bitey, this issue also includes wrestling and philosophy. Yes, finally. Am I right? 
I am prepared to say this is the number one best comic you can buy that features squirrels, ants, wrestling, and philosophy. I'm also prepared to say that this is the only comic you can buy that features these four things, but heck, we all have to change what we want to see in the world, right? <laughs> Okie dokie. So, Kylan, your final pick. Okay, my final pick is a number one. is Occupy Avengers number one. The writer is David F. Walker. Penciler is Carlos Pacheco. And the, the, the penciler is Carlos Pacheco. And the cover artist is Augustin Alessio. Superheroes. They're a privileged class. Doing what they want, when they want, and suffering no consequences. They have no regard for the ordinary people who are left behind to suffer in their wake. Who will stand up for the little guy? There is a man. If you can find him, and if he believes in your story, he and his, friend, he and his friends will put it right. Some call them outlaws, rebels, Robin Hoods. To others, they are heroes. No powers to speak of, just skills, smarts, and a burning drive to do the right thing. His name is Hawkeye. Occupy Avengers. It's time to take back justice. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. Occupy Avengers still, I, I've been kind of leery about. You know, I, 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 I'm not... The thing is, like, I, I like Clint. I like the character of Clint. Yeah, and it's going to be. It'll be interesting to see what David has in store for this book. Uh, and we, you know, the thing is, we've seen so many stories about people complaining about being being left in the wake of a superhero battle, and they feel like that they can go and do whatever they want, and everybody else is just left on the sidelines to watch. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where this can go. Right. Um, I don't know. So. Cool. Well, tell you what, why don't you, uh, before we wrap it up, why don't you hit us with your uh, Marvel Unlimited pick? My Marvel Unlimited pick, now, I, I'm a little frustrated with this, but it's it's a pick that, to me, would be, is perfect, considering what we talked about in today's show, but unfortunately, it's one of those picks that does not have a blurb. So, Eric, considering we both read this book, I'm hoping that you can help me out with this. I am picking Captain America number 350. That's a very good choice because I would, based on going to be my next unlimited pick, but I am glad that you chose it this time around that we were able to discuss parts of it. Yeah. The, and really, the, we provided the narrative to it all throughout the show. Yeah. We did. We did. And actually, and I'm definitely going to go back and read this. I have to admit, I, I can proudly say I have this issue in my collection. Mm-hmm. Um, but this. This issue pretty much is almost the almost the quintessential Captain America book. Like if you were going to buy a one shot mm-hmm. Captain America story, this is the one. Um, yes, I would agree with you because it, this is almost like everything you need to know about Captain America in yeah. one issue. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And um, you know, and now, now mind you, this is right at the this is on at the tail end of the time of. Steve's run as the captain, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, I'm I, I'm not going to go any f- deeper with the story because I just I, I just strongly encourage everyone to take time to read this story and just honestly read it and savor it. Um, I mean, there's even a nice nod to Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, uh, yeah. and. 
yes. This this is the issue that we were talking about. There are origins in this. There's retrospectives in this. There is a great one-shot Captain America story in this. Mm-hmm. Captain America 350. Uh, that's my pick. Good pick. It, any final thoughts since we're coming to the end? Ole! Ole! It's showtime! In the tiki tiki. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, no no final thoughts? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I was about to say that, but you beat me to it. Well, on that note, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. So here, here's the question. Uh-huh. These, you know how Marvel's been putting out these five issue one shots, or the the minis, right? If you're collecting those, do you still get the collected volumes? Yes. Why? Portability. Think about it. Like if there's, all right, like there's one particular mini series I got. I picked up every issue of that mini series. Loved it. But the minute it came out as a a collected edition, I picked it up just because if I'm traveling and I want to read that story because it's familiar and I enjoyed it, I don't have five issues. I got to lug around. I got one book. Okay. Good argument. No, I don't. I get one or the other. 